Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And RGS. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. It's not show, right? Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Game day, Jazz versus Mavericks coming up in about, well, just less than an hour. You're going to hear from Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe uh, getting you ready for this Jazz v. Mavericks matchup down in Dallas. Third game of a six-game roadie. They're, uh, they've lost three in a row, the Jazz have. And questionable for today's game with Colin Sexton already being out, of course. Jordan Clarkson with the sprained finger. And then uh, Walker Kessler is uh, questionable with an illness. So, Added to the list of things that just have to be juggled around on a nightly basis, it seems like, for uh, Will Hardy and company. Jake Scott joins us on the program right now. Jake, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, unrivaled, Scott, Alex, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. I I need to apologize in advance because uh, normally I hate when uh, guests are driving while on the uh, on their interview, but I, I got to tell you, wife's out of town. Alex, my wife is a big deal, as yours is as well, mm-hmm. so I know you can sympathize. She's out of town. I had to meet the sitter, and I'm bouncing down to the studio for pregame. Love so it. if we get cut, if we get cut off, it's Jeremy's fault. <laughs> just give me back. I just love that. I love the idea. Well, I'm mad that your kids aren't in the car while it's happening. And if it were like a, if it were a full lock interview, we would get a. Oh my gosh, there's a guy just walked across the street. You should have seen him. Like in the middle of the interview, which would have like just capped it off. So uh, I don't know. We don't know what to think about this Jazz team because after the three game losing streak, right now that they're in the midst of, we've kind of looked and gone. All right, and guys seem to be missing every night, and Will Hardy's being asked to do a lot with a lot less than it seems like he's had. So what's going on with this team right now? Where's their head at? 
Well, I think there's there's it depends on who you are on the team, but I think it's kind of a, a low pressure, uh, just go out there and play kind of thing because as we've talked before. The Jazz are not going to intentionally lose games. The effort level is always going to be high, no matter who's out there. But, you know, if if Lowry's back hurts and is a little sore because he jarred it up, you know, he's not going to play. Colin Sexton is, is going to be, you know, gentle on that hamstring. We know hamstrings are weird. They linger. You know, he's not going to rush it back. They're, they're not worried about making the playoffs. They're not that worried about winning games. But at the same time, like I, you know, listen to Chris Dunn. Who, who you guys just played? This is his chance to play to be in the league. Yep. I mean, you know, there's there's a chance he may never get this many minutes again. You know, and and he's going to go out and ball out. He's he's literally playing day by day. You know, just signed his second second ten day contract. And there's a lot of that going on on the team right now. And you know, I'm sure Lowry wants to play, and these guys would prefer to make the playoffs because they're competitive, but. You know, as a whole, I think the the pressure's off. They can just go out there and and ball. Like as an example, I think they're going to score a ton of points tonight. They may lose to Dallas, but Dallas's defense is so bad, so bad that I think they'll go out and play. They'll play play loose, and that's that's turned into some turnovers, which isn't so good. But you know, it's low pressure. They're going to go out there and 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 go for it. And it, it I think it makes it fun for me to watch as opposed to, you know, intentionally losing games. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't I, I don't know. I've seen that over the years, and that's, that's not what the team is doing, and I'm glad they're not. So it's been a, a tough stretch here the last few games and, and, of course, a long road trip here. But what what have you liked about this team? What's What's been a positive um, take off of what's been going on? Overall or over this just last just this last stretch? Just this last stretch here, you know, just kind of. This, okay. this road stretch, this last bit of bit of time. The answers are you know a little bit different because overall it's Lowry. Man, you got an All Star back for, yeah. for Donovan Mitchell. Holy cow! You know, uh, but more in the short term, um, I think you've seen things like Jordan Clarkson's importance, and and they they still need you know guys like Jordan Clarkson and, and Colin Sexton who are able to beat their guy and get things going for other guys. And you think you've you've seen even Lowry be a little a little limited, um, you know, when he's not playing with a bunch of, of creators. And so maybe, maybe I guess my answer, Scott, is, is more in what it's highlighted that the Jazz need. You know, they need, they need a player like Mike Conley. He's really good. You know, he's a, he's a conductor pulling the strings. And I think we've seen Taylor Horton Tucker try to, try to do that a little bit. And, you know, maybe that's not his role in the league. And so maybe it's it's highlighted a couple of things that they they've got to think about uh, going forward. But we have seen you know Chris Dunn's a, a great story, and and I'm stoked to to see him go out there and play well. Um, so do, maybe do you maybe like, that's do you like Chris Dunn? Answer. Yeah, do you like him yeah. for the future? I mean, no, I've I've liked his game, but but is he a guy? Is he is he a guy that you could see you know with the team moving forward and, and part of the bigger bigger picture? Oh, by bigger picture, you mean a rotational guy, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, a backup point guard or, or somebody like that? Sure. I mean, uh, you know what I love about him is he plays defense. I mean, he, he has the, the care factor is super high. His, the, the knock on him has been he hasn't shot the ball well so far in his career, and he's shooting the ball really well right now. I don't know how much that can continue because, you know, he's really amped. He's really taking advantage of, of things, but – 
you know, he, he mentioned in that clip, again, he just played about the turnovers. If he can limit his own turnovers, you know, become a smarter basketball player in a sense that, you know, you know what to do when the ball's in your hand and you're confident and you can run, you know, an NBA team when you're, you're called upon to do so. If he can and shoot a little bit, sure, why not? I mean, I, I love a guy that will go out there and volunteer to guard the other team's best player and do it pretty darn well. That's a, that's a guy you want to keep around, you know. So finding an excuse to keep him around as long as he's not just a complete negative on the offensive end, which I don't, so far he hasn't been, right? right? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yep. Yeah. We're... uh trying to figure out this Dallas Mavericks team too who you know obviously making the adjustments that they did and and getting a a Kyrie Irving during the trade uh you know scuttle and to be able to try to figure out how much are Kyrie and and uh and Luca kind of figuring each other out and where does this go long term for this team like where are they going to end up and did they really get that much better uh with this trade no no they did and and they're going to end up the exact same place they would have, if not worse. They they can't they can't guard at all. And and really, this is what I'm going to be watching for tonight. And I think I know the answer because I've seen it a little bit so far with those two. Is it's it's not like them playing together to make the team better. It's take turns basketball where Luca has it, then Kyrie has it, then Luca has it, and and it's not you know it's not cohesive. You just have two players playing. Um, playing their own, like, like I'll give you an example. The best, the, the best sports radio, in my opinion, is conversational. You know, you guys, you and Scott, uh, Alex, you guys, you guys talk to each other and converse and listen, and all. It's it's intriguing. I've heard sports radio shows where it's one host talking for five minutes because it's their turn, and then the next host talking for five minutes because it's their turn, and they weren't even listening to each other. And it, it, I don't know, it. You can always you, tell. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you know what I mean? You know, so I don't think it works in Dallas, mainly because they don't play they don't have anybody to play defense. They they don't, but they're desperate because they think um Luca will leave. He they Luca's this generational player, right right? And Luca wants more surrounding him and you know, it's just another example of franchises bending over backwards for star players, which is is kind of the the world we're living in i guess but it's delicate because it makes you make some risky decisions i think i think at the very least we could probably all agree that this is a risky it's a it's a risky thing to go with Kyrie. he can leave at the end of the year Kyrie could leave yeah. well, them it, flat at the end of the year is it 
uh, I mean, can it work? You know, with, uh, with too many egos in a room, uh, you know, or uh, or is it just is it the personality? Like you said, I mean, it's Kyrie and and he can leave, but he you know he also kind of comes with seems to be a difficult guy to to, to work with. Um, but can you have those two great superstars? I mean, there I think there were issues with Donovan and Rudy and kind of how sure. things were with the Jazz. So can you? I mean, Kobe and Shaq, you know, they kind of, even though they won championships, ultimately they couldn't get along. I mean, is it possible for two big guys, two big egos to, to be in the same room? Oh, man, Scott, you're, I love this stuff. I, I This is why I love sports in the NBA, because those questions are 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 so... Is, are, are so interesting to me. Like, why was Phil Jackson such a great coach? Because he had these these crazy talented maniacs, ego maniacs, that he was somehow able to zen into this magnificent thing with Chicago that had nothing to do with the triangle offense or the, any special scheme. It was all he figured out how to to get Michael and Scotty and uh, manage those egos and then throw a little Dennis Rodman in there if you didn't have enough on your plate and he got it to work and then he you mentioned Shaq and Kobe he did it he did it again with the Lakers I mean you know Jerry Sloan got John and Carl to to work together right. for years and he was always this quiet kind of stoic personality that wasn't going to tell you how he did it but he did it and and like you look at what's going on in Memphis poor Taylor Jenkins what a mess Jeez. he's got a <laughs> got a crazy talented team and he's a really good coach but uh, he's got I I called it on uh, on uh, my show today with Ben uh, chaos you know the the teams that are best at managing the chaos are usually the most successful and when the chaos overtakes it's crazy and Simply by adding Kyrie Irving to your your team, you're adding chaos. No matter what, I mean, even if he has his head completely on straight, he's answering questions about being chaotic. I mean, he's just he's become this cartoon character for chaos. He's a wrestling villain, and so no matter what, he's going to be chaotic. And he introduced it to an already kind of desperate situation. I feel bad for Jason Kidd because I think he coached a heck of a series last year against the Jazz, and I didn't think he was that great a coach going into last season, and he did. He coached well, and now I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he does because <laughs> it, it's – yeah, and he, he, back to he doesn't have anybody who can stop anybody. What are you going to do? You know, you can score 160 points. The other team scores 170. You're not going to win. Yeah, uh, that's, they, a, that's little, their mode. Little quiz for you guys. Name the last NBA NBA champion that was moderate or worse or worse on defense. Oh, you know, like like middle of the league or worse. When was the last NBA champion? Um, let me think here. Middle of the middle of the middle of the road or worse. Let's go with. Uh, well, now hold on. What about the uh, what about that? Maybe more recently, that Golden State Warriors team back in like fifteen, maybe. They were giving up a lot of points per game, but they were scoring so friggin' many, no one cared. Oh, man, if you go back and look at Golden State's run, and, you know, some stat nerds maybe sent something in that uh, that could back you up, Alex. But, I mean, if you look at the heart of Golden State's run, they were defensively elite. Yeah. Remember how good defensively they were because Clay Thompson's so big and long, and Draymond could guard any position insane, on the floor, right? and they could switch everything. I mean, they were so 
Good. I just thought maybe yeah, it could cover up some cover cover up some of the sins they might have on uh, any given night. I was going to say night. the Bubble Lakers, the Bubble Lakers, <laughs> the Bubble maybe the Bubble Lakers. I mean, but we to don't my count knowledge, it. you really to my knowledge, it really hasn't happened like ever. I mean, you look back. I mean, Jordan oh, so and, and, and his a little bit, and again, some stat nerd can go back and, and stat. No, but the, that Bulls team was is, half of those guys were all defensive NBA. I mean, like the there was a reason they're so good. The Lakers with with Kobe and Shaq, elite. The Pistons that everybody likes to right. talk about being the non-star team. They were elite on defense. I mean, LeBron was an elite defensive player. Kawhi and the Raptors was a good. They were a good defensive team. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Where you think like, wow, we're going to score 150 points a game? You don't win in the playoffs like that because refs are terrible and they stop calling things. And you play the same team over and over again, and the same stuff doesn't always work. And then all of a sudden, you get into a close game in the fourth quarter, and it's like, well, you need to stop or you lose, and then you lose. We saw it a little bit with the, the Donovan and, and Rudy Jazz teams when the other team would would go small on them. And, and negate the pick and roll and switch everything. And the Jazz, you know, didn't have an answer. And all of a sudden they needed a stop and they couldn't get a stop. You know, what's interesting is I was thinking about that chaos comment you made too because I heard you talking about it today and I thought, you know, the Jazz are funny and probably really, really good teams are exactly like this because no team can avoid any chaos. They're all chaotic, you know. And you might right. have a little bit more right. here or there. But the ones that cover it up and make it look like everything's amazing, those are the ones that win freaking championships because if you think that Steve Kerr didn't take a page out of all of the books, you know, that that is uh, that Phil Jackson wrote on the topic because he was able to be in all those locker rooms with him, I mean, it, it is the amount of egos he had to juggle there in Golden State. I mean, it's not like they all suddenly said, you know what, guys, we should be a, a team and work together on this thing. It's like a bunch of guys managing those egos every night. The best ones are the ones who can get it done and actually. So is it the coach then it. that really makes the difference? That yes. just says, yeah. you know, the, the players buy into what the coach is selling and it feels like defense is where it all starts. Well, I'd, I'd love to know your perspective on that, Scott. What did the way the great Wayne Fonts do? You know, let, <laughs> great let, Wayne Fonts. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> well, let me tell you about what Wayne used to do. Wayne was actually a defensive guy. I mean, I mean, he was very much a believer in in uh, in in defense. He was a good, very good defensive coach. His thing, though, is um, he just left you alone. And and he goes, when I got there, he goes, he goes, that guy number twenty. He can run the ball, so hand the ball off to him. And that guy out there, number yeah. 84, he can catch it, so throw it to him. That's all you got to do. Let's not <laughs> overcomplicate this. Keep it pretty simple. And, you know, he was actually right. Those guys were pretty good, yeah. so we kind of did a lot of yeah. that. You should ask Scott about his uh, thoughts on Bobby Ross on a different day, though. That would be, that'd be, uh, <laughs> yeah. that'd be the better way to, to well, go at it. Well, no, that's that's probably a brilliant way to, to tell it to you, Scott. I'm sure he, he thought it out. You were a – a quarterback probably with something to prove and didn't need a, probably a ton of pressure, just needed a simple, like, hey, I got confidence in you, go go hand it to Barry and throw it to Herman, and, man, good things are going to happen. You probably needed to hear that, right? You know, I, I bet that was, that was calculated. The, putting the ball into players' hands, uh, and I think this is one of the things I really liked about Will Hardy is – um, understanding what their strengths are and putting them in a position to to play to their strengths, I think that's where coaches are really good. You have some coaches that just go, this is my system, this is what we're going to do, and uh, and we're going to yeah. run it come hell or high yeah. water. 
And that that's that's not a good thing. Great coaches figure out what what you do and and play to your strength. Jake Scott, Jake, you've got the uh, microphone uh, here in the next uh, ah, thirty eight minutes. No problem. You guys are uh, getting ready for this thing. Love hearing you guys, especially that first segment. We always get I'm always I always get to drive home and hear Mike Smith's uh, hilarious stories from uh, his time in the league. Half the time, you guys when we talk about basketball, it's just like what is on Mike's uh, mind right now, and it's always really fun to hear. So looking forward to it this afternoon. Yeah, he's a maniac for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll tune in this afternoon, Jake. We'll talk to you again, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, love your show. Thank you very much. There you go, Jake Scott. Uh, you can hear him just coming up here. Jazz pre half and post. He does a fantastic job. Uh, all right. I just love the this version of Jake with like the dad. Jake is funny. I mean, he and I, neither of us were married when we first met each other, and now we have a kajillion kids between us. Mostly I have uh, the kajillion part. Uh, but he's like a – he's he's He has the cut and you have the jazillion. <laughs> yeah, I have the, yeah, yeah, I have so freaking many. It's the but, 80-20 rule. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, we all grow up. There you go. But in some places we don't grow up, which is I love. That's That's the other part. All right. Let's take the break. Oh, I got tickets to give away. Should we do it when we come back? No, I told people we'd do it now, so let's do it now. Jazz tickets. It's a Team 49 Stop stop Tanking Tuesday, uh, and we're going to give some tickets out for you for this caller number 12 to 575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You get a pair of tickets to the Jazz and the Kings on March 20th here at Vivint. Uh, so 801-575-ZONE, caller number 12, right now for those Jazz tickets against the Sacramento Kings, uh, which will not be a gimme, obviously, for March 20th. So, uh, check it out. 801-575-ZONE. Call number 12. We will come back, and we've uh, got some more stuff to jam on before we get out early for this jazz coverage. Stay with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And now, a look at traffic from the KSL Traffic Center. Time for a check of traffic on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looks like we have some delays up north. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.